0: save your virtual seat at grow and email list.com. inside of my free live workshop. You'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media. My secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at grow and email list.com. That's grow email to get started with an email list list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. I have to laugh too, because God definitely has a sense of humor. That girl is obsessed with bugs and flies and spiders. Like she has pet flies that she brings with her everywhere. And I don't have the heart to tell her that they're actually dead. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe that my baby is turning two. Motherhood is just moving so fast, and honestly, all those crazy cliches about time flying are entirely true, especially as a mom watching her baby transform into a toddler. These episodes are like this little time capsule for me, this opportunity to reflect, a chance to listen back and hear the growth and the change that's happened to us and for us, and an invitation to pause and share some of the behind the scenes of our lives. Coco has taught me a lot about life in her two short years. By simply existing, she's transformed who I am and how I want to show up in the world, And even if you aren't a mother, I promise this episode will hold nuggets of wisdom for you to glean from my blonde, curly-haired little girl. And I just want to say that if you're in a season of uncertainty or waiting like we were prior to Coco, I'm thinking of you. Our journey to parenthood wasn't easy, but it was hands down worth it. Like I'd do it a million times over if it meant the opportunity to get to mother my babe. Loss was one of our greatest teachers, and the season of waiting, it gave us the time we needed to become the type of humans we were meant to become in order to parent our girl. So, Miss Conley-Kate, little Coco Bongo, happiest of birthdays to you. Since we're not quite sure what celebrating is going to look like with the crazy year that we're in, I'll spare you the singing and instead choose to celebrate by telling you and the rest of the world the 10 things you've taught me before the age of two. Here we go. The first lesson comes at the beginning of every single day. Coco slowly wakes up and she always does it with a smile. Like every single morning, I get to wake up my baby. Every morning, she wakes up super slowly. In fact, she gets up so slow that we have a chance to make our morning coffee for Drew and my lemon water before we even get her out of bed. And I love that moment where I finally get to crack the door open as I say, good morning, baby, right before I see her sweet little smile. I love that she wakes up slow, giving her this chance to adjust before starting her day. It's honestly helped me to slow down in the morning and to stay in bed a few minutes longer, to read a book, or memorize the moles on Drew's face, or snuggle Tucker, who's usually tucked between our pillows. Waking Coco up is literally one of my favorite times every day, and seeing that wild bedhead and her cute little sleep sack just makes me weak in the knees, and it encourages me to pause and slow down. What would waking up slow look like for you? How can you set yourself up to wake up a little slower? Maybe try putting your journal next to your bed so the first thing you reach for in the morning isn't your phone, but a leather-bound page where you can capture the dreams you had or the intentions for the day. Maybe you could set your alarm for bedtime, not just wake-up time, so you're giving yourself the best chance at a full, restful night of sleep and a slow, intentional morning doesn't mean working with your kiddos on what it means for them to wake up slowly so that you can too. Even if you allow yourself just five extra moments between the sheets, claim that time for yourself each day, just like my girl Coco does. Number two, never stop being in awe. Watching her experience new things, whether it's a hike up pincushion mountain or a pine cone on her driveway, I love seeing her sense of wonder. I have to laugh too, because God definitely has a sense of humor. That girl is obsessed with bugs and flies and spiders. Like She has pet flies that she brings with her everywhere, and I don't have the heart to tell her that they're actually dead. The amount of bug books we own is laughable, but I love how consistently curious she is and how she's so unafraid of other creations. She's just constantly in awe, and it reminds me to just slow down and look at how incredible the world is. One of the hidden blessings of 2020 was that we got to spend the majority of the year up at the lake house which meant ample time outside exploring. Every day felt like an adventure when we approached the world through Coco's eyes. I think that's one thing you just can't understand until you're a parent, it's just the joy that comes in imagining what your child is seeing and experiencing and feeling. And it really makes you stop and look at everything differently, whether it's blowing a dandelion or watching a butterfly fly away or holding a woolly caterpillar. There's so much joy found in these little things that we stop being curious about as we become an adult. Number three is don't give up. One of the craziest things about the difference a year makes is the fact that your kid goes from this crawling, drooling, cute little blob into a chatterbug toddler who understands every word you say and can run circles around you. Watching her learn things like how to walk was so inspiring to me. Imagine if after the first few tries, she just gave up and said, you know what, I guess I'm not meant to walk on my own two feet seeing her grit and determination and the way that she laughed when she fell down, like even I was cringing. It reminded me that as adults, we often give up way too early. We take less risks and we sure as heck don't smile when we fall down. She also went straight from walking to running, which reminds me of the power of momentum and confidence. Once she got the hang of it, she knew she could move faster and with less bumps. And I can tell you, that's totally how it can be with entrepreneurship and with life. The more that we learn the movement itself, the more confidence we gain, the more momentum we get to keep propelling us forward. And I want that same experience for you and for you to acknowledge it when it's happening. Number four is this. Everyone needs alone time to recharge. My daughter lights up when she's around people, like she's just like her dad. And it's been so sad this year being in her own little bubble, tucked away in the woods from other life forms. And while she definitely has an outgoing personality, the kind that has her waving at every car that passes us on our evening walks, she also craves her alone time, whether it's independent playing or time unwinding in her crib before bed or when she wakes up in the morning. Like some nights we'll be doing our bedtime routine and she'll just point to her bed like, all right, mom, enough stories. Let me just be with myself for a little bit. And I admire this about her. And it's taught me to savor and carve out space for time for myself, time to just be still. This year, especially, I felt like I was either fully in entrepreneur mode or mom mode. And since we're all in the same place all the time, having alone time is just super rare. Like, honestly, I can't even really remember the last time I had a night to just myself. It was probably pre-pandemic. I love that Coco doesn't mind being quiet with herself and that she can recharge alone. She's a lot like her mama in that way. And it's a reminder that I need to do that more often, too. If you're at home right now, so is your family or your roommate or your partner. And alone time just doesn't happen organically you have permission to ask for it and to seek it out for yourself, whether that looks like a socially distant walk in your neighborhood or stepping into your bedroom and closing the door behind you for a quiet space to read on your own or to reflect. Maybe you can relate to this, but as an introvert living with and working from home with an extrovert, it's sometimes necessary to just explain that quiet and solitude is how you recharge and your roommate or partner, or whoever it is, will get the best version of you if you're able to get that time alone. Take a page from Coco's book and politely but clearly share when you're needing a little independent playtime. Number five that my daughter taught me is that moving your body, it's a gift. I don't know if you've witnessed a glory that is Coco doing yoga, but dang, that girl has moves. She is the most flexible little creature I've ever met. And every day she has me moving my body in celebration and not punishment. Some days I wish we were recording our house cameras because the way that we dance or attempt to do push-ups with her on her back or crawl around pretending like we're a horsey or our family yoga evenings, they just leave us giggling so hard and it's so cool to be moving our body out of joy. The craziest thing is, is that she really is our shadows and she does what we do and so it's made us extra aware of the way we speak about and the way that we move and talk about our bodies. Knowing that she's paying attention and soaking it all in is the best reminder of us and our ability to control that inner and outer dialogue. I love, love, love that she is too young to even think of movement as a way to change yourself. And instead, she just freely moves and with confidence. That girl loves herself and loves her body. And I think we could all take a page out of her own book. Number six, Coco has taught me that routine can be a beautiful thing. Before having kids, I used to knock the parents who followed strict routines or sleep schedules. I basically had convinced myself that my kids would go with my schedule and it would be super fluid and really free. And while I do have to admit that Coco rolled with a lot of punches her first year of life, having a schedule has been our saving grace this year it makes total sense that her little body is on this clock just like ours and our schedule gives us this ability to soak in the wake hours and to plan for her resting hours. Our little lady is definitely like her daddy in terms of loving a routine, like the way she has her getting ready routine in the morning with mama that includes brushing her teeth, putting on my deodorant, using a little face spray. Her favorite is lavender. And of course, puckering up those tiny little lips for some lip gloss. She loves routine and she craves order and she's turned her mama into someone who is the exact same way. Now I know from experience that finding and sticking to a routine isn't as simple as making the choice and letting everything else fit into place. Routines are hard for you. Try this. As you go through your day, make a mental note of the processes that seem frenetic and chaotic and list out options for managing that chaos. Is your morning spent rushing around making breakfast, but it takes twice as long as it should because last night's dishes are still in the sink and you're out of mugs? Perhaps you can make it a part of your routine to never go to bed with dirty dishes or a full dishwasher. Does your dog derail your intense focus on a project because they're asking for the door at random times throughout the day? make a point to walk the dog or let them out at the same time every afternoon so you both can get on a routine that doesn't distract your flow state? Or do you get to the end of the day and you realize, shoot, you spent two hours organizing your slightly neglected email inbox and now your to-do list is twice as long and you're starting the next day feeling behind? Instead, work in an email routine where you check it just once or twice a day so that it never piles up. Or maybe you just need a way to unwind at the end of the day of digging your biggest goals. Treat yourself to a skincare routine with your favorite music on in the background. Maybe an adult beverage poured on the side. Like, believe me, once you get into the swing of it, this routine is one that you won't want to miss. There's a beauty in knowing what's coming up, when you can rest, when you should be working. And I've embraced that beauty that Coco has shared with me. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash digger, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Number seven, you are capable of learning new things. Earlier this year, we had started to talk about potty training Coco and timing around when that would take place. Going into 2020, we had initially planned to have her do a few half days each week at a Montessori school in town, but decided to pull her out when everything was going on with COVID. And I remember when we had toured that school, they talked about how they start the, quote, toilet learning process as young as 18 months To me, it sounded crazy, but they sent us home with this book on their process, and so around 18 months, we started sharing more about potty training. We ordered her potty, we read her the books, and we let her attend many field trips with us into the bathroom. When she was around 19 months, she had this little diaper rash, which kids get, and so we decided we're going to just let her run around the house naked, and thus we unexpectedly dove into the world of potty training. Honestly, that experience in and of itself taught me so many lessons as a mom, like how to celebrate the small stuff, how to not fret when you mess up, how to be patient, and definitely how much Lysol is needed in the potty training process. It took us about 10 days of pure diligence, but she got it. I'm talking 10 days of constantly watching and learning, looking for cues and signals, celebrating, sitting in the bathroom, singing songs. It, it took more focus than most things I've accomplished in this life, and it brought its own unique and interesting challenges like taking her potty on the road with us and using it at a rest stop or peeing in the woods when we decided to go on hikes. But it was so exciting to watch her learn and celebrate and accept what her new normal was. So what about you? What new thing are you ready to learn? How can you channel the energy of a toddler who just learned to run and take your first new confidence steps in the new year? Pop that journal back open. Write down the first thing that comes to mind. Is it cross-stitching? French braiding your own hair? Taking a photo in manual mode on your camera? Doing a headstand? Please make a little promise to yourself that you will take a step into something new for you, that you will prioritize it, make it a focus in 2021. Writing it down just makes it more real. So don't forget to scribble it down somewhere where you know you'll see it. Number eight is stillness is a choice and an active one. Conley taught me that. Have you ever watched a little kid wiggle? Like their energy is literally bursting out of them and it's just uncontainable. I feel like as adults, we get those bursts too, but they usually show up in the form of workaholism or the things that we get obsessed with like DIY home projects. The truth is, Cocoa reminds me that while stillness can sometimes be even harder than taking action, it's necessary for us to regroup, to pause, to take it all in, and to recenter. This past year held a lot of pausing for good reason. And at first, I was shocked with how uncomfortable it was for me to even pump the brakes. It helps when I feel that anxiousness or I'm feeling antsy to get moving again, to remember how helpful it is for Cocoa when we just pause. Take a few deep breaths, gather ourselves, and then get back at it, whatever it is. Coco, she is the queen of deep breaths. You might have seen her famous deep breathing reel on my Instagram, and it's something that we do together every day. And Lord, most of the time when we do them, I hadn't realized how much I needed them myself. While rest sometimes feels unnatural and pausing takes a lot of restraint, it's important to know that stillness is, in fact, a choice. It's not being complacent, but it's a way for us to refocus and recenter. And my daughter reminds me of that every day. Number nine, we are always growing. One thing I'm in awe of, but I've never really paused to ponder until I became a mom, was that we are constantly growing and changing and evolving and learning. I was just reading a book called Beach Read recently, and I highlighted this line about parenthood. In this story, the father is writing letters to his daughter, and he says, "'Sometimes being a parent feels like being a kid who someone has mistakenly handed another kid. Good luck,' this unwise stranger cries before turning his back on you forever. "'We will always make mistakes, I'm afraid. I hope they will get smaller and smaller as we get bigger and bigger. Older, really. We're rather done growing.'" Getting to watch a kid grow and transform and to see the difference even a month makes in their life helps remind me that we're still growing, even when there isn't visible evidence of it. I look at time in an entirely new way and see how we as adults are evolving, being stretched, challenged, curious, and how all of that adds up to us becoming this new version of ourselves at every stage of our lives. Number 10 your definition of success will change and it should. Coco undeniably changed the way that I look at success and the ruler I measure my life up to. Not only did she enter it and immediately soften me, the journey to get to her taught me so many powerful lessons that still to this day have me savoring the fact that I get to actually hold her in my arms. This year, I was reminded that success to me looks like being the kind of mom I dreamed of being in that season of waiting while still doing the work that I love. While integrating work and life and motherhood, especially during a pandemic, is not easy, it's been the most transformative experience for me. I know that I am so privileged that I get to work from home and that my daughter gets to spend her days with her daddy, and this year reminded us of the many ways that we are blessed and living that life that was once on our vision boards. I always use this sentence that my business coach, Dean Tommy, starts with, I know I'm being successful when, to check in with myself and to make sure that my life, the one that I'm living today is reflecting the way that I prioritize and define success. And so for 2020, it looks like, I know I'm being successful when I get to wake my daughter up every single day and be present with her in the mornings. I know I'm being successful when I get to have a slow breakfast without any distractions and with tons of giggles. I know I'm being successful when I finish my workday and have the energy to play with building blocks or read 10 books or sing all the songs before dinnertime. I know I'm being successful when I feel energized, both as an entrepreneur and as a mother. I know I'm being successful when I prioritize my health. I know I'm being successful when I don't miss a single chance to sing my baby to sleep. This year was an interesting one, for sure. Instead of traveling like we're prone to do, we stayed put firmly planted on the Minnesota soil, and in so many ways, that was a blessing in disguise. We explored our own backyards, discovered new hobbies like hiking and biking, took on little projects to make the lake house feel more like home, and spent every single day with our sweet little lady watching her learn and grow and transform. Coco, I am so proud to be your mama. I love your spirit. The way that you have mastered the side eye paired with your mischievous laugh, I love your passion for vacuuming and your fascination with bugs and the way you are obsessed with Tucker. I love your obsession with books, the way you sing with me before I put you to bed. I love your sloppy kisses and your desire for a lip balm. I love when I catch us listening to your music singing along long after you've been asleep. I love your messy bedhead, your love for cleanliness, your desire for order, and the way you draw in the steamy shower glass. I love looking at our lives, seeing the evidence of you in every corner from your toys to your tiny little shoes to the remnants of your yogurt left over on the kitchen rug. When questioning decisions I make around you, who I hope you'll become, the world I hope you get to exist in, I question myself too. You challenge me. You make me ponder. You allow me to seek better answers. You encourage me, and your love for me reminds me that at the end of the day, we just need each other and our health, and the rest we can always figure out together. You help me fall in love with myself through the way that you are unashamed of every inch of who you are, and that leaves me in awe. When I look at you, I see love, and it's reflected back at me. You are my greatest joy. You are my why, and I am so grateful to be celebrating another year as your mom. Happy birthday, baby girl. I love you more than anything in the entire world.
1: You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear. How much I love you. (laughs) Please don't take my sunshine away. Can you say mama? Mama. Can you say "Mama"? Mama, mama? Mama. Will you sing with mama? Okay, ready? Sing, baby, sing. La, 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 la. Sing, baby, sing. La 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 la, sing baby sing. La 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 la, la. sing baby sing. La 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 la. la, la. If all the raindrops were lemon drops and gum drops, oh, what a rain that would be. I'd stand outside with my mouth open wide, singing ah 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 If all the raindrops were lemon drops and gumdrops, so what a rain that would be. I'd stand outside with my mouth open wide, singing ah ah Fall of the raindrops were lemon drops and gumdrops, so what a rain that would be. Can you say mama"? mama? Mama. 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 I love you, baby. <laughs> I love you, baby. <laughs> what are you going to say to mama? Mama. Mama. Can you say mama? Mama. Can you say Dada"? Dada? Can you say Nana? Anna. Can you say Papa? Da-da. Can you say Tucker? Tucker, 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 Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> You're a funny girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Are you being silly? I love you. Mm. (laughs) Oh, what a goof you are, honey. (laughs) Good job.
0: I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com.